This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this in. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. He's from the Thunder. Got it. All right, well, you know, that was all right, right? Is that, is that the general consensus? That was okay. It wasn't the worst series in the world. It could have gone a lot worse, could have gone a lot better. And we'll talk about it. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to or maybe watching episode 356 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. BD4, uh, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yankees every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends. If you're new here, welcome. First and foremost, thank you for stopping by. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on the many platforms where this podcast is located. You can download this podcast on your your usual listening platforms. Um, Maybe you want to listen to it on on, uh, Apple Podcasts. And if you do that, make sure to give us a five-star rating and review because we are currently a five-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. We're also on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and many other listening platforms. If you want to watch the podcast, we are now available in video format on two platforms, both Spotify and YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to us and download the podcast on there as well. And if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on social media, both Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, just search r.j.carbone. That's RJ Carbone. And on Instagram, I'm at the handle at Rob J. Carbone. I also write a blog. I write for ultimatesportsnetworks.com. If you go there and you put into the search bar either my name or the Bomber Bocker blog, you will find my blog. Be sure to subscribe to that blog using my promo code 6 a two eight four one e r j c this way you get a discount 10 percent off everything per monthly discount you get full access to every single article and you get a discount off any merch that you purchase from the bomber bocker blog welcome to the show the yankees picked up a victory to conclude this series um tonight we're going to get into it all we're going to discuss this entire series got some things i want to touch on um it is very late at night thankfully (laughs) i mean not thankfully um unfortunately because of the rain delay and it sucks because i went to the opening series against the red sox in the finale of that series i was at the stadium so i got home late so when I went to record my podcast, when I finally got home, it was super late and I was exhausted. So I was finally excited tonight, being that I was expecting it to be a 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. game, t- 
to get the podcast in early. But we have a rain delay, which pushes back the start of this game about an hour and a half. Starts at 8.35. And now we're recording here as I speak at 2.30 in the morning. When I have some work tomorrow morning to uh, to do. So we'll see how long we go. But I do want to get to everything. So welcome to the show. Thank you for stopping by. I do appreciate it. You all know where to go to find me on on social media to subscribe to the show. We just said that. So without, uh, Jesus, I can't even talk tonight. Without further ado, with that said, uh, we're going to head to our first break. And when we get back from break, we will start right up with the show. Stay with us. We will be right back. Welcome back to the show, episode 356 of the podcast tonight. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to or maybe watching BD4. So, like I said, we got a few things to touch on. I want to talk about a lot. Um, first and foremost, again, be sure to subscribe if you have not yet, but thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you all for tuning into the show. It is April Technically, it's April 15th on a Friday as um, I am recording. And as you're listening to, it is later on in the day, April 15th, Friday. Um, yeah, I don't want to waste any more time because it is late. So let's let's recap game one, talk a little bit about that. There's not much that happened in game one. And we'll go through after the series and talk about a few things. Um, yeah, as you can see, the Yankees lost this one 3 nothing. They got shut out, their first shutout loss of the season. Um, it was Jameis and Tyone going up against Manoa. You know, the top of the third inning. It's funny because, you know, the Yankees were booing. Uh, Yankees fans, rather, were booing George Springer. And I guess there's a whole you know thing about it on, on Twitter. It's like, people, listen, I get it. You know, you're booing Springer. You've got Marlon Gonzalez in your team. But the Yankees don't make those moves. The Yankees didn't trade for Gonzalez. Now I know we all wanted Correa. Yeah. But they're going to boo. Like, you can't get shocked. Like, What? Yankees fans are booing the team that cheated playing them in the playoffs in 2017. No, like, that's going to happen. You can't be shocked. You can't be appalled by that. Like, that's, yeah. Obviously, they're going to get booed. That's what that's how sports works. So, I didn't really have a take on that. I just thought, yeah, it's not shocking. I don't know why people are getting mad that the team that cheated is booing. And I don't know why, you know, they're expecting Yankees fans to do anything but that. That's New York. New York's going to be those aggressive fans that's what happens um anyway Springer hits the home run to shut the crowd up in the in the third inning it's two nothing Toronto uh top of the seventh 
Springer makes more noise with the RBI double. It becomes 3-0 Toronto. Manoa in the bullpen pretty much shut the Yankees down. Um, the Yankee bats just produce absolutely nothing. It's a dreadful game to watch. It's a boring game. Nothing happened. Um, so I guess on the plus of that is Tyone, despite getting the loss, did look pretty solid in his 2022 debut. Just made that one mistake to Springer in the top of the third inning. Um, other than that, five innings pitched, five hits, two runs, one home run, six strikeouts. He looked good. Hopefully he can pitch like that and you know give us more outings like he did towards the second half of the summer last year. My goal for Jamison Tyone is to just go out there and give you five to six innings like he just did. And my goal for him is to pitch to a sub four. If Jamison Tyone can pitch to a sub-four, I think that's very much a win. Um, I look at last season's year as as a tale of two halves for him. But if he can pitch, you know, he doesn't have to be a number two, but pitch like a number three, which is, you know, statistically speaking, that's where he's slated. I think that'd be great. Pitch to a sub-four, give them length. That's my thing. Just give them at least five to six innings on average. Stay healthy, obviously, and I think we're cool. So that was the first game of the set. Again, not much to talk about other than, you know, it was a bad loss and at least Jamison Tyone looked pretty good. Um, So we'll get to game two because that was a little more action-packed and the Yankees did end up winning the second game of the set. Uh, Game two was a 4-0 victory for the Bronx Bombers. You had Nestor Cortez going up against Kikuchi, debuting for the Blue Jays this year. Aaron Hicks, in the second inning, from the right side of the plate, goes the other way and hits a home run. It's 2-0 Yankees. Uh, DJ LeMayu, a little bit later on, scores off that wild pickoff attempt, makes it 3-0 Yanks. Cortez ends up going 4 and a third. In the eighth inning, Stanton scores off a sack fly. Chapman closes it in the ninth inning. Uh, I think the, the pitching formula, it was Cortez, Holmes, Lasagna, and then Chapman. Uh, Nestor, though. Nestor was the story of this one. Another game where not much happened, but Nestor was the positive. It's not his fault that the Yankees are limiting their pitchers. We're going to get into that in a little bit. But Nestor had a Good performance in the four and a third innings that he threw, allowing only three hits, five strikeouts, and he did not walk a single batter, which I thought was big. Just the fact that he was going after a very lethal Jays lineup, you know, lefty on righty, um, throwing 91 in the zone a lot, pretty ballsy. And he goes out there and he just continues to show us how much confidence this guy really has in what he does. We all know he likes to mix it up get interesting with his deliveries and you know he's Nestor um and we're getting to a point where it's like wow he's been doing really good for us for a little bit now so it's at a point where it's like it might not be any longer it might not be is he good but the question might start to turn to how good is he you know because it's been listen he came upon the scene a few years back he started well then he kind of faltered, 
and then we traded him to Seattle for the COVID season. Then we got him back, and he really, really turned it on for us towards the end of the year when he started getting starts for the Yankees. And I think he had 18 starts, and overall he pitched to a sub-3. He was their best pitcher down the stretch, and so far this season, well, his first start was, was a good one. So, I like what I saw from Nestor. I like what I'm seeing from him overall as a Yankee. And I think that if he continues to do this, you got yourself a very solid number five in the future. And Because let's remember, Nestor Cortez is only 27 years old. I keep thinking he's like some 33-year-old journeyman who's been around and is at his, at his end days. No, he's 27 years old, so we still have control over him for a while. Um, on that contract and um, it's good to see him pitching as well as he's been pitching let's get to game three I'm going to head to our second break first though and then we'll get to the final games of the series before uh, before we get to them we're going to head to our quick break we'll be right back stay with us hey guys so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast, and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, RJ Carbone. You're listening to episode 356 of BD4. Hope you're enjoying the show. Game 3 of this series went down last night. And this this one had a lot of people talking. Okay, this, this one is what I want to really give some opinion on. I know we just breezed through the first two, but this one was interesting. Um, the Yankees lose 6-4. to four. It's Garrett Cole... Going up against Jose Barrios, who I wanted at the deadline last year, and a lot of Yankees fans did. Of course we didn't, because we don't do that anymore. Um, but Cole puts the Yankees down early again. And, you know, it, it's... To me, it's like you can't be both an ace and continue to do this. That's twice now in two starts where Cole has put the Yankees down 3 nothing. After one. I'm just saying. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Obviously he won the headlines. He was the story of the night. He goes four for four. Three home runs and a double. He goes three for three off Cole. With two home runs. One double. 
Um, the first home run, Garrett Cole leaves the slider up in the zone. The second one, I guess you can, can consider it a good pitch, but obviously it wasn't good enough. He took it a billion feet. And Garrett Cole ends up going five and two-thirds innings pitched, letting up three runs. So he was okay in the end for you know, his second start. But two okay starts shouldn't be the standard for your ace. He's got to step it the hell up at some point. That was an unacceptable start. Um, this has been an unacceptable start, considering he is your guy. And all I hear, all I keep hearing is, it's Vladimir Guerrero. It's Vlad, it's Vlad, it's Vlad. Okay. It's also Garrett Cole. Okay. So if we start going down this path where we keep saying it's him, it's him, it's him, where's the line? You know, are we just going to excuse him for every single time he lets up a big home run or a hit to a big name? You got to draw a line at some point. And the bottom line is he's not been putting up. And I'm not just going with a two-game narrative either. I'm talking about, you know, I've been playing close attention, very close attention, like many of us have since that whole spider tech fiasco went down last season. And since then, I finally found the number because I've been looking for it forever. Because um, I was listening to uh, Carton and Roberts on WFAN this morning, and Evan gave us the stat that I've been waiting for. Couldn't find it, finally did. Since the uh, the crackdown on the sticky substances and Garrett Cole, you know, since not being able to use spider tech anymore, in 18 starts, a decent amount of starts. He is a 4.23 ERA pitcher. That's not an ace. That's a number five. Now, you can sit here and tell me all you want about, oh, he had the hamstring injury at the end. That affected it. Well, Evan Roberts was also nice enough of a human being to take away those four starts when he started having those hamstring issues. You take those away. And in 14 starts, it's still a 3.63, not an ace. It's excuse after excuse after excuse. And the bottom line, like I said, is you are paying him $324 million to be your ace. And he's been the worst pitcher on the Yankees this year. And he's been not an ace dating back to the whole thing. Fiasco of the spider tech. So I don't want to hear anything about that. I don't want to hear any excuses. He's not getting the job done, and that's a problem. That's a big problem. It concerns me. It concerns me. And I'm not liking his whole, his vibes lately, his whole shtick for a bit has been a little wild. So he has the disaster interview with Spider Tech. I gave him the benefit of the doubt there. I blame that more on the Yankee PR team. But then he starts pitching poorly, and he gets lit up in the wild card game. And I really, I'm still, that left a bad taste in my mouth. Tried to have a fresh sleep, okay? I tried to wipe all that off. Opening day, he comes out there, and he he craps the bed against the Red Sox. And he blames Billy Crystal. Unforeseen challenges. Four minutes past the delay, past the, uh, four minutes delayed past the normal start time. Boo-hoo. 
Then he's complaining about the two-strike, you know, Star Wars siren at Yankee Stadium next. And then last night, I, listen, he tips his cap to Vlad Jr. in the midst of getting slapped around by him. And let's get to that, please, while we're at it, okay? I I want to, I want to... I know I'm going to come across as a bitter Yankees fan here, and it's a shame that I am, because I promise you I'm not trying to say this from a biased perspective. Because, listen, I appreciate the shit out of a good young baseball player when I see one. I like Vlad. I respect Vlad. I am really excited to see him um, play, and I want to see how his career pans out. I have made comparisons to him before. I think he hits like a Miguel Cabrera. I see him being a triple crown guy in the future. But Jesus Christ, is the hype off the absolute charts or what? It's some irrational hype at the moment. I'm not even talking about overrating him as a player. I don't think we're doing that. I don't. I think he's going, like I said, I think this guy's got Miggy potential. But the over the top ass kissing. By the Yankees themselves. That's where I kind of started to draw the line. Because last night. It wasn't just the tip of the cap. Literally by Garrett Cole in the middle of the game. But it was post game. Aaron Boone. Garrett Cole. Judge. You know I wish I could have watched it on TV as a fan. Um, He is an otherworldly hitter. You would tip your cap too. It's like what happened to the competitive edge. Didn't we just spend an entire offseason talking and making moves to, you know, based off of adding more fire to this Yankees roster? Getting new coaches that have more fire? Adding Donaldson because he has that edge? Hicks in that uh, podcast with Ruko and Sabathia saying that he wants the Yankees to carry that FU mentality? Cashman acknowledging it at the end of the offseason? All that stuff. What happened? To, what happened to that? Like, like I've I've got nothing wrong with a brief compliment. Like, th- I'll give you three words. I'll give you three brief words you can use to compliment Vlad. But after that, that is where I limit you. I don't like the tipping of the cap. I don't like these post game soliloquies that we had to to share. After three words, that should be it, and it should be about what you need to do better. Yeah, he was great tonight. Going to be a good hitter. But we need to do this more, that more, blah, blah, blah. That's what I should have been hearing. Like, like maybe I could accept it if it was some young prospect on a National League team or even some American League team we don't see often. But this is your American League East foes. This is the Toronto Blue Jays. I just, I, something about this, that, that bothered me, man. Like, I don't see Sabathia. Do you ever see Sabathia? Would you ever imagine... Him doing that, he's not gonna. T- he's not tipping his cap mid game. There's no way he's doing that to somebody who lights him up. Or Jeter singing soliloquies in the post game presser. It's like it's like talking Yanks made a very good. Uh, I was listening to their show just a couple of minutes ago before I came for a little bit. They made a very good point. It's like when you get postered in basketball. It's like going over to the guy who posted you and be like, "Hey, great job, man!" <laughs> like it's really. It's just, like, 
And I was going to come on here saying I like the way this team has showed a little more fire, but that happens, and it's like, oh, maybe they're still pretty soft at their core. So I understand the hype, but I'm just tired of hearing about the Blue Jays, and it's just, I can deal with it if it's everybody else doing it. But like when you're losing to them, you're in the middle of a game losing to them, and you're still going to sing about them, about how good they are. You're going to tip your cap middle of the game. You're going to talk about it after the game. You got yes, you have to deal with them talking about it constantly. I'm just, I'm just over it. It's like, all right, let's go. Show these guys who they really are. Go be the Yankees and, and, and have that competitive edge to you. That's, that's, that's all I have. I don't want to get too into it, even though I just spent 10 BS minutes talking about it. Um, in the fifth inning, Rizzo and Judge go back-to-back with home runs in this game. DJ LeMayhew gets an RBI double and makes it 3-3. Three to three. Looking like we have a shot. Seventh inning comes, George Springer, an RBI single. Eighth inning, Vlad off Clay Holmes, his third home run. I think it was Clay Holmes. Was it Clay Holmes? I don't know. Gets his third home run. Eighth inning, Torres, a solo slap. Nice to see. Glaber also committed a big error in this one. Um, and then you get to the bottom of the eighth with Stanton up. Um, uh, you know, man, I um, I thought it was out. It all, it looked like it was going to be the game tying home run. Like his pose, the fact that it looked like it was hit so hard, the crowd, K was going wild. Jesus, it had me fooled, and I don't get fooled anymore. I'm very good at keeping my composure and not getting fooled at those long fly balls anymore. I've been very good the last couple of years at that. But shit, I got fooled bad. I jumped, I cursed, and happened, and like joy, and I got fooled. And apparently uh, Sterling got fooled really bad. And I listened to the thing. Oh, if you have not checked it out, please do. Please go check that out. If you haven't checked out John Sterling getting duped on that um, on that Stanton flyout in Game 3, it is, I'll tell you what, you will not be disappointed if you go check it out. <laughs> go check it out. It's something for the ages. I feel really bad. Uh, but that was, that was it, Game 3. We lose... Cole gets slapped around for a second start, and um, we we just we go a little over the top with the Vlad Junior praise. Um, game four comes tonight, and or technically last night, and the Yankees bounce back. They pick up the three nothing win. Again, the rain delay is what pushed this game back so late. Eight thirty five p.m. start time. But it happened, and you had Severino going up against Gosman. Two good pitchers. Bottom of the third, Isaiah Connor Falefa, a base knock. He's brought home by backup catcher Jose Trevino. Brings him home on a line drive to left field single. one nothing Yankees. Bottom of the fifth, very similar. Same thing. Trevino brings in IKF going up the middle. IKF going up the middle. It's 2-0 Yankees. Trevino even steals a bag later on in the inning. <laughs> Backup catcher. Giving the Yankees their second stolen base of the year. Um, Donaldson makes a big play in the 7th. IKF with a big push bunt in the bottom of the 7th for his third hit of the night. Bottom of the 8th comes. Judge deep 
deep center field double. Uh, he reaches third, and then he eventually scores with some good base running on that Stanton fly ball. Top of the ninth comes, Roldis Chapman gets into trouble. His fastball is everywhere. It's up. It's down. It's nowhere near the zone. So I don't know what Boone was talking about in his press conference because he was saying how he was close. He wasn't close at all. He was not close at all. Um, He was really bad. It was one of the worst I've seen Chapman look in a while. And that says a ton, given how bad he was during that stretch last season. Um, But it was one of those, oh, Chapman does not have it nights. He was as off as you'll see him. King comes in, paints the black, and gets a big strikeout. Then he gets that soft pop-up to DJ LeMayu, who doubles up the base runner on first to end the ballgame. So credit to Boone for not only making the switch to take, to take Chapman out after that third batter he had to face because of the rule, but also credit to him for warming up King so early, as early as he did. And I don't think you see something like that last season. So that's a good thing. And Michael King has looked great. He had a solid year last season for the Yankees. He looks great so far to start. Got the sinker. Got the breaking pitch. He's doing his job. Um, And Severino. Listen, this this is one of the guys who I think is... Um, I think Sevy's going to be a wild card for this team, man. I think a lot's going to depend on... That. Sorry, I forgot we had that sound effect on. I think a lot's going to depend on uh, on what Severino does in this rotation. He goes out there and he produces a big night. Um, again, he's limited right now. Uh, I can't wait till they let him go a little longer. But he gives you a strong, a strong, strong performance. Five innings pitched, two hits, no runs, two walks, six strikeouts. Um, and he did have that hit batter. On Guriel Jr. in the first, where the benches were kind of chirping at each other. Nothing really happened out of it. Um, Severino was even chirping back, which I loved. Uh, but the stuff looked great. He was throwing 97 plus. He touched 99. Uh, he throws 43, or I'm sorry, 33 four seamers, 25 changeups, and get this, 19 cutters to six sliders. So he's starting to use that slider and forming it into a cutter more. You're seeing him go to the cutter a lot more. Thinking this is a Matt Blake effect. Um, but it's working great so far. Tonight, he had seven swings on the cutter. And five of them were swinging misses. That's per John Boy. Um, the changeup. He's showing a lot more confidence in that pitch. Right, That was a pitch he didn't throw unless he absolutely needed to in the past. Looked pretty filthy tonight. Um, he had three strikeouts on Vlad Jr., who went 0 for 4 with the sombrero. Three of them against Seve, so nice to see that. And you know, some impressive um, maneuvering, escaping that jam with the bases loaded and Bichette at the plate. Uh, I love seeing him just, just having that, sw- again, he was chirping at their bench. He was having that swagger out there, screaming again. I love seeing him scream and pump his fists, not just as he walks off the mound, but during the middle of an inning after a strikeout getting into it that was missed severely I feel like we need that energy so great for Seve love the way he's produced um he now has two solid starts under his belt I didn't think it was that bad opening um 
or the the second game. So Sevy looks good. Um, he in relief. It was uh, I think it was Lucas Litke came in for the sixth inning. He did damage, throwing that twelve to six breaking ball. Picked up three strikeouts. Miguel Castro, despite the hit by pitch, had a pretty clean inning after that. He looks good so far. Clay Holmes was the uh, Vlad Jr. was a victim of his fourth strikeout. Came against Clay Holmes. Uh, Chad Green came in after Clay Holmes got the big double play. He induced that ground ball. Offensively. Gosman's pretty good. Five and two thirds. Struck us out nine times when he was in there. Two runs scored on him. That splitter is legit. That splitter looks like my splitter. Almost as good as my splitter. I threw a pretty good one. Asked my cousin Matt Carbone. Um That was it. It was a good it was a good series. You know, overall, um, again, it could have been better, could have been worse. Whatever. But overall, I say offensively, it was still very underwhelming at least. You know, it concerns me a bit because last season we had a down year, right? It's not like I can say, well, they'll turn it around because they always do. No, because last year they were very mediocre offensively. Um, Donaldson hasn't found it yet. I don't love him leading off. I got to tell you, I'm starting to get a little annoyed with that. I don't even think he likes leading off, to be honest. I would say just get DJ LeMayu in there um, if he keeps hitting. And we're going to talk about DJ right now, actually. Uh, First, let's head to our third break. When we get back, I want to talk about LeMayu. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker Blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month.
Welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 356 of BD4. I am your host, RJ Carbone. So DJ LeMayu, let's talk about DJ, because he had a good series. Alright, if you're watching the podcast, I totally botched that. <laughs> I uh, I haven't yet added DJ's uh, graphic. Let me just fix this real quick. Alright, there we go. Let me just... <laughs> you can't see me now if you're watching. Hold on. Let me just fix this here. There we go. One, two, three, four. Alright. DJ LeMayhew. Hold on. Whoops. Gotta get the episode up there. Alright, now we're set. Sorry about that. I forgot to put the graphic up on the screen before I uh, started recording, so I had to do all that just now. LeMayu's been good, man. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think I, I, would, I would get him in that leadoff spot if he keeps hitting like this. In the meantime, I don't mind Rizzo getting some at-bats there. I like him at the leadoff. I think having that lefty contact hitter with Pop is the perfect recipe for Yankee Stadium. While he can also draw a decent amount of walks, is a good guy to put at the top of the order. Um, but DJ has definitely looked back so far. He's hitting line drives. Even some of the hits that aren't hits, they're line drives, like the game I went to, the, the game three in, against Boston, where he pinch hit, took a line drive to right field, was just right at the uh, right fielder. He's going the other way, hitting liners. He looks healthy. He's showing fire even for a guy who's usually quiet. But the numbers on the year, uh, overall, after tonight, he's 286 batting average, 924 OPS. But as you can see on the screen, this series, DJ LeMahieu went 333 batting average with an 842 OPS. He batted 5 for 15 with a pair of doubles. Three singles. Uh, didn't have any RBIs or walks, but he um, did reach base by getting hit by a pitch to give him a 375 OBP. Um, he also had a 467 slugging. So I, I think he looks good. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Um. I I. I'm not hired down too much on the Mayu. I want to see more, but hopefully, as I've been saying. He can work back to he's not he's not going to be Ty Cobb again. He's never going to go out there and be Ty Cobb again. I think his days of not his days, but I think him batting three sixty again is is unrealistic. But if he can go out there, batch a two ninety three hundred, the OPS you know eight fifty give or take. I think that's great. I think that would be totally acceptable, and as well as that defense rotating around the infield doing his job. So I love the way DJ has been performing. I think he's been great. Um, now, some bad things, uh, the eight, eight, nine spot is a black hole. It has been bad. Hopefully tonight was something that we get more of, you know, cause I've been saying with Connor Falefa's contact hitting and with his last two seasons and putting him in a Yankee lineup where he's got more protection around him, I think that'll benefit him. My hope is that he can hit anywhere from 270 to 290. I think that's realistic. 
Um, but he's obviously off to a bad start tonight. Hopefully, can jumpstart him. He has he had three hits, so he got more hits tonight than he had in his previous five games. Um, did make an error at the top of the game, which he still doesn't look very sharp at shortstop. Jose Trevino. Listen, he's probably going to get some more at bats this weekend because both catchers are going to be good defensively. I think it's going to come down to whoever's hitting is going to get more playing time. And if Trevino keeps hitting like he's been hitting, he had a nice game against Boston, the one I went to in game three, and he had a big night tonight, then he's going to see some more playing time, especially with Higgy struggling. So it's nice to see them. The 8-9 and is the only like consistent part of the order in terms of that's where you're getting these two players. So I wish we were a little more consistent with the batting order. We knew where guys were going to bat. Because I feel like that's a big reason that we're so inconsistent offensively. is because guys don't always know their role anymore. It's so interchangeable. And I understand it's because, you know, especially this year, we're rotating every night. There's always going to be one regular sitting, so that affects everybody else. Tonight it was Hicks. But it does feel like it plays a role. In the ups and downs of their of their uh, offense. Other than that, uh, what else do we have here? Torres looks a lot better this year. Hopefully that continues. Joey Gallo still sucks. Now he's getting on base, but he's not hitting for average. He's not having the uh, he doesn't have the power yet, and the strikeouts are still there. So. <laughs> You know, Combe was going crazy on the broadcast with the analytics and saying it was bad luck and his expected average is over 300. And it's like, did you forget that striking out is also part? uh, That's also him. Striking out is not luck. Missing the ball is him and his swing that has a loophole in it. That's him. That's not hitting the ball hard. That's striking out is on him. And he does that a lot. And it's like, okay, well, his entire career, he's been this guy. You're not saying that his entire career has been bad luck, are you? It's The whole luck thing is just an excuse. I feel like so many times we use it as an excuse. Now, there are times where it's understandable. But there are times where it's like, all right, well, you're not looking at some other factors here. That's my problem sometimes with analytics. It's like a lot of the time it'll be used as an indicator. But it's like, all right, well, let that be used as an indicator. But don't bash me for getting on a player in the meantime while he's not hitting those numbers yet, right? If it says he's bound to hit eventually, great. If that happens, then we're good. But in the meantime, while he's not hitting, I'm going to get on the guy. It was it was, a, it was a thing with Gary Sanchez, too. Those those. The analytics always said that he was going to run into something, and he never did. So, great metrics. Um, I don't know. Stanton's been quiet lately. Not worried there. I think he'll get it going. He's just been streaky. That's who he is. Judge got his first home run out of the way. He had a good series. I think he had a great series. He didn't play tonight and again, but um, Aaron Hicks had a great series. Yeah, Aaron Hicks um, batted four for nine with a home run, 
three singles, two RBIs, two strikeouts, and two walks. That's 444, 546, 778, equating to a 1323 OPS in three games this series against the Jays. I, I'll take it, man. If he can produce like this, it's been quiet production, right? I'll take it. So far in the year, 353 with a 979 OPS in six games. I've always been saying I think he's more of a fourth outfielder. I still think he is. But if he stays healthy and he can produce like this, then he's not going to hit 350 the entire year. But, you know, a couple years ago, he batted 260. Hit your 27 homers, got on base with the walks, played defense. He's never going to be an exciting player to watch, right? He hunts for walks at the plate. Um, he's got some problems with hustle occasionally. But there is a, a world where Hicks can be a productive outfielder. I don't think there's no world. There is one. It's just, can he stay healthy and can he produce? Can he get there again? I don't know, but it's good to see him do it so far. It's good to see him, you know, string together some good performances. So good for Hicks. I will give him credit. Um, The pitching. The bullpen has been absolutely excellent. It's been phenomenal. The question is, is that sustainable though? It's a great bullpen, but we can't keep having nights where the starting pitchers are going three, four, if they're lucky, five innings. You know, eventually we got to ramp it up. And the thing is, you look around the league, the Yankees are one of the very few teams being this precautious with their starting pitching. It's completely overdone. It's insane to me how much they milk their athletes. Like, other teams are at least letting their starters go 6-7, and seven, throwing, you know, 90-plus pitches. The Yankees are really, really... They, they baby to the extent. They're very analytically driven. Speaking of, I want to get to a few things. Alright? I want to get to a few things when it comes to analytics and shit. So, we're going to talk about that when we get back. Stay with us. We'll be right back. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841 ERJC. 6A2841 ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. 
All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Um, one second here. Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks, what am I talking about? Reading the wrong part of the notes. Where the hell were we? Oh, analytics. <laughs> yeah, I got something to say. Um, while we're on the topic of analytics and pitching... The pitch comm thing. I understand it. Let me just pull up the camera again real quick. I get it. I think it's pretty cool. Why are we lagging, dude? Whatever. I understand some of it. I think it's okay. But, like, to me, it's like I we're trying a bit too hard to be hip. We really are. It just... It takes... You know, it takes another aspect. Um, the human element. It takes just... It's just one more human element taken out of the game. It's like we're trying way too hard. We're already seeing problems. I don't know about the rest of the league, but already... You know, with the volume of the Yankee Stadium, and it's not even October yet; it's it's April. Guys are having a hard time hearing the thing in their hats. But it's like one of the old time classic parts of baseball is reading the signals. As a kid, all you do is practice in the backyard, pretending to read the signs. You bend over, you get into that pitching stretch, right, and from the set, squint in your eyes, pretending to read the catcher signal. Creating these fake scenarios. That's all. I remember doing that all the time. It's another human element just like that. Gone. And I say gone because there's no doubt in my mind that eventually, soon enough, all 30 teams will be using PitchCom. Part of the game is, you know, trying not to get the second baseman or, or the guy on second base to steal the sign. That's part of the game. You're taking that away. I don't know, man. And another thing I wanted to get to, Kershaw. Um, the other day, he gets pulled. Kershaw gets pulled the other day during a perfect game with six outs remaining. He pitches seven innings, and he only has 80 pitches, and he's pitching a perfect game. And Dave Roberts comes out the dugout, and he yanks him. Now, in Kershaw's post-game presser, paraphrasing, but he's like, oh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah, this, that, short spring training. I get it. But if you're a pitcher, and unless you're hurt, unless you're hurting at the very moment, you got to pitch that game. I mean, I mean, you can't push his next start back. Do that. Push it back or skip it entirely if you're that worried. Let him go until he gives up a base runner. Or just let him start the eighth and go batter by batter. Pitch by pitch even. Shit. This isn't just some pitcher. It's a veteran. And it's not just some veteran. It's a Hall of Fame talent. You It's a Hall of Famer. This guy's going to be in Cooperstown. It's just a matter of when he decides to hang it up. He has earned that right. To finish the perfect game. He has earned it. 
there have only been, what, 23 perfect games in the game's history? I just think it's a bit ridiculous that we are at a point where we are doing this, that we're ending perfect game bids with six outs remaining. I once joked about that becoming a thing, and here we are. We are letting Ivy League mutants who've never ever even thrown a baseball in their entire lives make decisions for us. This whole thing has gotten so out of hand and will only continue to so long as we keep glorifying it. Third time through the order. Matchups, swing plane, spray charts, spreadsheets, hit probability, etc. You make exceptions with those things when it's your ace on the mound. When it's a future Hall of Famer. You make exceptions. When it's at number three, number four, number five, okay, you can give me that bullcrap. But eventually you can't just keep relying on analytics. Like we see it every postseason. This is the beginning of the season. He's pitching a perfect game. His arm is not going to fall off. His back is not going to break if he goes out there and he's continuing his perfect game and he throws 25 more pitches. It's going to be okay. So that just pissed me off. I saw that and I was like, yeah, you know what? Not surprised, but still annoyed. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, let's wrap it up. Uh, The Yankees overall, not the worst start in the world. Could be better, but not the worst start. We always do start slow. Um, I will say, though, next up, we we better step on the pedal and really start dominating because it's it's a six-game road trip going up against the Orioles this weekend and then the Tigers next week. At the very worst, this Yankees team needs to win four of those. You know what? No. Preferably uh, preferably win five. Try to win six. I'm going to say aim for five or six. You know, screw that. It's time to stop settling. Enough settling. I'm done settling. It's time to dominate because settling gets you nowhere and it has gotten this team nowhere. So it's time to dominate these bad teams, these these bottom-of-the-barrel teams like the O's and the Tigers. Go out there, dominate them, win at least five. Why not? Why not? You're the Yankees. Um, But there's one positive this year. About the Yankees, even, you know, the fact that they're off to a mediocre start. Is that I like the resiliency. We're coming back in a ton of these games. Even the ones we lose. Now tonight we didn't see a comeback, but like a lot of these games were down early and we come back to tie it. You know, we didn't see that much last year. On the flip, that again, that also means the Yankees are falling behind so early and the, and the pitching needs to go deeper into games. The bats need to be, need to be more consistent. Um, but I guess you could use that as a positive. Now that's it. That's all I have. We're going to finish this up with the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. And then that'll be it. We'll wrap it up. Let's get to it right now. Hopefully that didn't echo. Fuck. Uh, True or false? Aaron Judge was just the third 
right-handed hitting Yankee since 1937 to hit over 40 home runs in a season in 2017. True or false, Aaron Judge was just the third right-handed hitting Yankee since 1937 to hit over 40 home runs in a season in 2017. Let me know the answer. Facebook, Instagram, wherever you can reach me. And I'll let you know the answer if you get it correct. If you get it incorrect, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I'll, I'll let you know that, what the answer is. Alright, um, If you get it correct, though, I will give you a shout-out. That's what I meant to say. Alright, guys, that's it. I'm going to end the show because this tablet is getting very choppy. It's starting to lag and skip, and I don't even know if it's recording properly, so I'm going to be really pissed off if I wasted my time and it ends up being poor quality content. Uh, but we'll see. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. That's all I've got for this episode. 356 in the books. And we'll see you after this uh, Oriole series. Alright, ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.